there are already plenty of awards that celebrate efforts to protect the natural environment. But let's face it, Mother Earth is losing, and it's time the winners got their due. The Motherfucker Awards celebrate the forces that have done the most for the destruction of our planet. Categories include Earth, Water, Wind, Fire, Spirit, and Reality. At a raucous Academy Awards-style event, famous comedians represent those that caused the most impressive damage in the past year. We prompt the comedians with basic facts about their quote-unquote achievements, but they create their own acceptance speeches. This is a show that I am producing with my good buddy Chris Ryan. Tickets are now on sale. The event is December 4th in Los Angeles. You can click the link below this podcast to get pre-sale tickets now. They're 15 bucks and they go up to 25 on November 1st. It's going to be a good time and I highly recommend you get tickets before it sells out. Big thank you to Neil Church for supporting this podcast on Patreon. One thing that you will not find on this podcast are advertisements, and it's because of people like Neil. So high five, man. Thank you so much. If any of you out there listening get value from this podcast and want to donate the equivalent of buying me a cup of coffee every month, you can click the link below this podcast where I wrote, buy me a cup of coffee on Patreon. You can also head over to my website, kyle.surf, to make a donation. And if you can't, don't worry about it. Just keep listening to the show. Give it a rating on iTunes, whatever. This conversation is with three-time Mavericks champion, Daryl Flea-Verosco, but you already knew that, didn't you? Before I get this episode going, I'm going to read my latest column from Santa Cruz Waves magazine. Uh, I write them a, a column in every um, magazine that they come out with. And this one is called Localism 2.0. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, you can just skip straight ahead to the interview. But if you do, here we go. Localism 2.0. Growing up in Santa Cruz, I was taught to treat transplants with the same amount of respect as gum stuck to my shoe. I watched as their one-wheel electric skateboards, Costco soft tops, and $7 lattes eroded my beloved surf culture like the winter swells that batter Westcliff Drive. Rather than defend my local brethren, who perched themselves on the railings of our crumbling cliffs, though, let me step down from my racehorse named Entitlement and, for the sake of argument, play the transplant's advocate. After all, the question of who deserves the set waves all depends on how you rank hierarchy. Right now, status is determined by the number of years a surfer has dedicated to a given break, as well as a surfer's skill level. What if, however, status was determined by the level of sacrifice a surfer had undergone to be at the wave? Remember that the transplant took the initiative to relocate his or her entire life in order to enjoy the same waves that I was born into. Using that logic, all I had to do was not die in order to ascend my way up the totem pole. The transplant, however, exercised true grit. Although it would be funny to hear people plead their versions of I walked 20 miles in the snow to get here in order to gain status, that is why I propose a new system to structure hierarchy that is designed to bring forth our highest selves. Let's call it Localism 2.0. Localism 2.0 is a model that would determine status in a lineup based on community engagement. 
That latte-drinking Netflix engineer could quickly rise through the ranks if they clocked enough hours at the needle exchange or volunteered at the homeless garden project. Similarly, a local like moi could secure set waves as long as I volunteered with Ride-A-Wave or went grocery shopping with my 90-year-old neighbor, Gloria. If a dispute broke out in the water, it would be solved with a swift tally of community service hours. Hey, kook, you snaked me on that last wave, one surfer would shout. Screw you, man, that wave is mine, the other would shout back. I spent nine hours cleaning up plastic bags along San Lorenzo River last week. Before long, San Francisco and Los Angeles would take notice of our success, and the model would spread across the sea until even the most colossal issues of our time were being spearheaded by surfers, and the Dalai Lama himself would kiss my forehead and grant me his most holy medallion to honor my brilliant idea. But until that day comes, when you hear me hooting, stay off my wave, kook. Kyle Tierman here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. I want to hear a bit about what you've been up to recently. Yeah, no, i just been, um, basically I was, you know, basically kind of finding work wherever I could throughout the years, you know, since my surfing career. And um, recently I, I was doing construction for a while, which was pretty hard on the body. Yeah. You know, it, it, was, it was fun, you know what I mean, like learning stuff, um, but working at a pace where, you know, my boss was working a little fast pace, hard throw me that, throw me this, push this up. You know, like it was hard. You right. Know? Yeah. Guys who've been doing it since they're yeah, 20 and they're yeah. just streamlined. You know, and you're, at the, you're kind of at the low end of the totem pole. So you're doing all the gnarly stuff. Yeah. The grunt work. And that... my boss was actually, he would do all that shit stuff too. So, but, um, so I was doing that for like seven years, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned a lot about construction. It was okay. It's pretty good money, you know? Um, but late, most recently I, I quit doing construction and, I've been working down at the Beacon House in Monterey, um, doing activities with the clients down there. What is the Beacon House? The Beacon House is a recovery center in Monterey. It's the same one that I went to. Okay. um, So I I, I go down there twice a month, and I actually do surfing with them, surf lessons. That's cool. Uh, We do like a therapy surf deal. We have lunch on the beach, and then we get like in a circle and kind of talk about what it meant to people and stuff like that. And then... Um, and then I go down there every Saturday to, to um, just do activities with the with the guys at the house. So, are, are these people who are in uh, rehab? So the Beacon Center. Yeah, is- they're in residential rehab, so they're there, you know, with no phones, no, you know, it's just they're just doing whatever they're supposed to be doing at the house. So it's really cool for me because I can kind of just kind of organize whatever I want. Like, okay, well, this week we'll do the the. Point Lobos hike, you know, and I'll drive them all down there in the van, and we'll do the big loop and and stuff like that. Or we'll go over to Garland Park and do a hike up the mountain. Um, what do you think it does for people getting them outside when they're oh, in this stage? Oh, they're so thankful, you know, and it gets them tired, and it's a little bit difficult working with the whole mass of people there because everyone's kind of at different stages of exercise. Um, but it's cool. Just I kind of just 
we have counselors that come with us. So some, you know, if, if people can't do the, the whole workout, they can come, come back with the, with the client, with the uh, counselor. So it, it's been really, it's been really fun doing that. And it's good. Like I was sore yesterday. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, I'm sore. I walked six miles, um, with them, you know, on last Saturday. And so I was, I was pretty sore, but, um, it felt good and, and they're really stoked just to get out, you know, and that's what I encourage, um, people that are trying to get better with drugs and alcohol is like find something you love to do exercise wise and just like do it right all Re- the time replace the bad habit with a good yeah habit. just daily you know what i mean just whatever that is because a lot of people had something in the past you know what i mean whether it be tennis golf surfing biking you know and they lose touch with that so basically just kind of trying to reintroduce that to them right yeah that know? seems to be a common theme with uh people who are struggling with drug addiction is they they've had the activity and then it slowly recedes away from them and the addiction becomes a bigger and bigger part of their yeah, life yeah until they seek help yeah so I, i've been doing that you know quite a bit and then i i've obviously i've been running my flea hub here in santa cruz and uh, uh tell me about what that is Flea has is a sober living environment, but we try to focus around exercise and getting out daily and getting the body moving. And, um, you know, it's, it's a nonprofit. So it's, we, I tend, I want less people in the house. So I only help six people at a time. Uh, it's a six bedroom house. So it's lots of room. Um, and just basically everyone has to get out of the house and exercise and do stuff and, you know, go to work and all those things. So it's just like a, second place to come after a rehab or something like that and then you know once they feel like they can do it they can you know walk out onto their own you know so um it's been that's been really fun you know working with them and um and then also just doing the o'neill team you know the surf shop team's been fun oh that's cool yeah you know trying to figure out fun stuff to do with uh, all the kids and stuff like that you know so that's great. Yeah. I, I didn't know that you were working with the O'Neill team. They've got a good Grom team in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. I've got to crack the whip on these kids, man. They're, you know, uh, kids I, don't show up these days too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just so into their technology, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, uh, since the phones arrived, it's changed the culture quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, how long are people in the Beacon House rehab for? Uh, 30, 28 days. Yep. 30 days. You can go in depending on your, insu- you definitely want to use your insurance. You know, it's expensive, yeah. but, um, 28 days is usually the normal stay. And can you use basic medical insurance to go to rehab? That depends on what you have, you know, but I, that's definitely what you want to try to do if you can, you know? Right. Um, and some people stay 90 days, you know, if they got good insurance, you know, so yeah, it's it's just basically Beacon House has been really cool lately because they've been introducing more and more exercise. They have like a golf thing that they go do and they hit some balls and then they go do this horse therapy where they pet the horses and they like take the horses for a walk and it's like it's pretty it's just different stuff, you know what I mean? And people really enjoy that, you know. And so it's been it's been cool to see the change since I've been there. You right. Know? And so yeah, so the Beacon House is is there and then um do they uh, take people with all kinds of drug addictions? Yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah. yeah. What are the most common addictions that you see there? Uh, you know, alcohol is probably the, the most common, you know, but, you know, there's... That's the silent beast. Yeah, alcohol is just, you see tons of people in there just because they can't get off it, you know? Right. So, but there's all kinds, heroin, meth, 
you know that's a really big problem too yeah but um mainly the alcohol is is the the top one down there can you tell uh i mean being someone who who was an addict successfully got sober um i'm interested to know about the mindset that it takes to get sober and now that you're on the other side of it taking these people hiking taking them surfing what would you say is the mindset that that makes the difference between people who get sober and stay sober and and not because um i think that the the recidivism rate in rehab nationally is something like um uh only like only 11% of people can get yeah, sober yeah, and yeah. St- stay sober so it's a really hard thing to do like what you did it's is like in 2 the, out of 10 people or right. 2 or 3 out of 10 people yeah know, so. so you're in the minority so i think that you have an interesting perspective on this uh yeah i just i think that mainly um you just got to be done with it you know what i mean and like see all the stuff that you know that your life you know look take a look at yourself and your life and go you know it, it is a problem, you know what I mean? And understanding that it is a problem and then just being done with it, you know? You can't help anybody unless they're just, like, done with it. You know? Right. And I, th- I think a lot of people, like, second-guess themselves, you know? Throughout the years of trying to stay sober, like, oh, I could probably have a couple, just maybe one or two, you know? And then, you know, the real alcoholics, that, that doesn't work, you know what I mean? It just goes right back into where they were, you know what I mean? So it's just acceptance is a big part in in that you know it's just like accepting like you know that's it like i can't do it right you know do they uh use the aa program at beacon or is that a separate yeah no program? they they do they encourage uh 12-step meetings and stuff like that na aa yeah um all different kinds you know yeah so so i um I have a friend who recently reached out to me uh, because of an addiction that they had, mm-hmm. and um, I was really grateful that that this person did. And I went over to their house, and they said, "Look, this has just become—it's taken over my life. I never thought that it would, but um, I got to do something, and my life's falling apart." Right. And I'd never been to an AA meeting, um, and we ended up going to one and um it was a really cool experience for me to see that kind of community cohesion yeah you know after the meeting he got numbers from uh other people who were sober and just to see that um the community that and that structure yeah um it put a light bulb in my head like oh okay this is how it works you don't just do this by yourself you do it with a bunch of other people you, that's yeah I mean that's that's one way right you know yeah. I, I like to not like I don't like to think of it as that's the only way right you know what I mean because exercise and sports is what got me to be sober really you know what I mean just immersing myself into uh, surfing I mean in the beginning when I had uh, you know when I first got sober I did have a coffee commitment uh, down at the Loudon Nelson and I think that helped going to meetings in the beginning you know, as much as I could, you know, just like whatever, staying around it a little bit. But I think it's like a freedom thing. Once you realize like how good life can be. Right. You're like, fuck, this is like, dude, I got my surfing back and I can do whatever I want. And like, I can drive somewhere at four in the morning and not even worry about it. Like once you understand the freedom of it all, do you go, dude, what was I thinking? Like, you know what I mean? There's no choice. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, it's, I mean, some people just like are diehard NA 
people and that's that's great if it works for them you know what i mean but i think that having it not feeling like oh, i'm not going to enough meetings you know i'm blowing it like i don't feel like you need to be saying that to yourself you know what i mean like i feel like if you're doing positive things and you're you're staying sober and you're enjoying your life and doing all the fun things that you used to love to do, like you're winning. You know right. what I mean? So well, you're reframing it also uh, away from a fear-based mindset to yeah. a love-based mindset. Like, oh, I love surfing. I forgot how much I love that, which seems like it could be a powerful mindset. Yeah, no, to take. it's like you don't you don't even think about it. You're just like, what? I I got two hours. Okay. You got windows, you know what I mean? And and there's, like, this big stigma of, like, there's only this way. You got to do it this way. If you're not doing it this way, you're blowing it. Like, I I just don't believe in that. You right. know what I mean? I feel like there's multiple ways to stay sober and multiple, you know, options. How do you um, – how would you recommend that um, someone talk to a friend who they're worried about? Uh, you know, just, just – Because as you said, you can't – change anyone unless they're willing to be changed yeah i mean growing up in this town i've had a number of friends who i saw struggling and then i didn't say anything i didn't do anything and then they became full-blown heroin addicts and it felt like it was overnight i was like shit how did like yeah damn it you feel like you you lost someone and like i and i don't know how to do that and i think that it can be a really awkward experience to confront someone um do you have any, well, any I think recommendations there's, i think there's like coming at someone like defensively like fuck you're blowing it what are you doing like right. that can be too much sometimes you know uh maybe just like hey let's go out, let's go have some lunch or whatever you know what i mean and like uh you know almost like just doing it nonchalantly like god man how, you know even blow like putting it on yourself a little bit like ah, oh, i had two beers last night man i'm kind of a little bit like tired or whatever you know what i mean and setting up this the, the question for them almost like what about you have you been drinking a lot you know what i mean like so right. it's on you but it's on them you know what i mean and yeah it's like asking that question like to them you know without like pointing the finger you a bit know? more invitation yeah just kind of setting it up <laughs> yeah um but you know and coming at it with a you know a loving you know friend type deal you know like dude i care about you a lot you know yeah and that's exactly what i tried to do with barney you know but it clearly didn't work you know he's basically i'm an artist i need to do these things right and you know it's like i you know you can only try so much you know what i mean yeah so um yeah did you how like how much do you try that's that's another thing is like at what point do you let people like, I feel like you kind of can't help anyone in a, in a way like this is this. No, you, you, you do all you can in right. your power to, to help them and try, you know, but after a while it's like, you know, you see, it's just not working. You right. I didn't, then you just got to step away and let nature take its course. Really? You know, right. it's like, um, I've been he- trying to help my friend in this community for a long time with drinking and he's, he just keeps blowing it and keeps getting in trouble and he's, you know, sitting in jail and this and that. And it's like, you can't, you can't do anything about it. I've given him a couple opportunities, you know, at the house and stuff like that. And so it's really, um, something that you can't, you know, after a while you just got to step away and let it, let it, you know, do its thing. Right. Um, was, it is cool though, that you have, it seems that you have a skill to be able to communicate with people, take them on hikes, take them surfing and do things that, um, 
do things that that show them that they are capable of something that maybe they didn't think they were capable of. Yeah. Which is kind of your your bag, you know, yeah. like you're, you're a, a big wave surfer. Yeah. Who, and people see that. Yeah. Um, was there a point that you felt like, oh, this like maybe I do have a skill in this? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, my communication in the water, I'm working on. I right. got to work on that part. <laughs> That's like my number one thing I want to work on. But um, with other people just in rehab and, and, and taking them to do things and stuff like that, it's like a lot of people have, you know, when they're trying to do this and trying to get better in life, like they're lonely. You know, they have a lot of lone, lonesome and they don't, they don't self-worth is pretty low too, you know. So just being that friend and like someone cool that's been there, like just to like hang out and like do something with them, it, it goes a long ways, you know. Right. So and and, and the they turn out to be pretty thankful for those reasons, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, just showing them what's going on and like being there for them. And if they have any, you know, not putting too much pressure on like, oh, what are you doing? What are you, how are you doing this? You know, just basically going, yeah, this is what kind of worked for me and you know, this and that, and just kind of showing them the way a little bit. Right. It, it's been pretty fun. That's great. So, yeah. Um, do you feel, uh, I want to talk a bit about um, your mindset, um, surfing, getting sober, and using this kind of positive mindset of bravery over fear. It seems like that's something that you've either cultivated or naturally were good at mm-hmm. for your whole life. Do you feel like that was something that um, that you chose to get good at, or was that something that you felt like you were just born with and it was always easy yeah for you. i think it's just like um born with i think i was born with it you know when i when i tell myself i'm gonna do something i'm just gonna do it you know what i mean i think it was a, a, that the same with big wave surfing and mavericks was just like a, i'm going <laughs> i don't care you know what i mean like that mindset was just like always you know once you once i decide to do something i'm gonna do it and, and it was no different with like staying sober and being sober right um do, so do you remember like one of the first times early on that you realized you had that uh you know it's 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 kind of like an addiction you know like you you basically just immerse yourself into something you love you know what i mean and and early on was just probably that with surfing you know when we're just like young kids at Bayview riding to go surf Stockton in the morning, you know, it's at seven before, before school, but every day, you know, cause we were just like, Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Like couldn't get enough of it. Um, so I mean, it, and it just kind of materialized through, through growth too, you know, into different things. And now it's, now my life is all about, um, this family of mine and just like making it so that they have a good life and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So the focus is shifted from wanting, you know, it's just different, you know? So yeah. it's been pretty cool to like see it go different directions. And, it, and it's, and I, f- I feel like I was a pretty negative person for a lot of my life. You know what I mean? Just cause how I was brought up in Santa Cruz with Vince Collier and all those, it was heavy at the lane um, when I was a kid. And so we were brought up pretty negatively, like get the fuck, get the hell out of the way like you know snapping on people sending people in just like all 20 years of my life was that way you know um so i think now turning that over and trying to be a better person has been really cool it's in uh, by no means am i perfect you know i mean i still snap in the water and and it's hard not to sometimes because there's so many people in the way and stuff like that but 
we were brought up this this in this really negative way and and it's like it, it kind of it's a little bit you know it it, it it was what it, it it was or whatever but it's really kind of disgusting looking back on it like how that's how we were brought up you know what i mean and and we thought that that was the only way to be be you know so it's been really cool in this past 10 years of my life just trying to be a better person you know and um you know whether it be on the road or (laughs) that's 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 a big one for everyone that's really difficult right you know but um especially with the phones you know everyone's looking at their phone driving and it's just it's out of control but just in the water mainly you know it's just trying to be cool and you know telling people like yeah you need to be over there instead of going get the fuck out of here go over there you know what i mean like this is how you talk to people and stuff like that tone is everything it's been a challenge for me and and it and it's it's really good for me too because it, it goes into everything you know what i mean like it's not just in the water or on the road it's it's in your your house right you know it's with your kids yeah what advice would you give your younger self uh, I, you know, I've learned so much about myself in the past 10 years of, I think I've understand surfing better, you know, and how to surf and what kind of lines to draw and stuff like that. And just being more consistent in the water. It's been really cool to like, God dang, I wish I would have had a little bit more positive direction when I was younger, you know, cause I think life could have been a lot better, you know, a lot different, but that being said, it's, you know, life got me to where I am today. So, I mean, you can't really think like that, but like, I think just, um, more positivity and a little more direction in life would have helped me a lot. So I want to really give that to my kids and, um, help them as much as I can if, if they have any kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you, man. I mean, I, I grew up here as well and I know that, um, I think that there's a lot of, beauty in the santa cruz surf scene in the way that there's no one above and no one below like it doesn't matter what you do and you know how famous you get if you're in the lineup the boys will always treat you the same but the negative of that is that we all know people who have fucked up their lives massively Hmm. and they still get taken back into the community so there's this like great equalizer but I think that it can also um, reward people for being dicks, you yeah. know, like, and, and that's something that, yeah, I, I struggle with that, too, where you just if you're brought up in this community, it's, it's almost like you don't know that there's another way to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, for example, like if there's someone who's learning how to surf, it can be more effective to be nice and tell them, hey, you know, you'll get more waves down that way yeah. than it is to scream and yell and, and ruin your own session. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but I think it's, I think there's a lot of surfers out there and yep. a lot of the boys and this and that, that don't say anything right. to people. And so that's why the etiquette is so out of control. It's like people just, Oh, guys just stuffs people, someone, and they don't say anything like, Hey, you know what? That's not how you do that. You know what I mean? Cause I think that it's, the etiquette is shot. It's shot, especially at pleasure point. It's out of control. Um, and it's becoming out of control, you know, at the lane as well, you know, and it's, just we just need a little bit more like hey you know hey do this you know go over there or whatever just like someone i almost felt like it'd be cool to like set up a booth on the point at the lane with like an information booth like information do you do you need to know anything uh out there today i can tell you you know and see how much you right got from it you know being a positive thing you know it'd be kind of funny yeah no absolutely and there's uh 
I think it's cool to give information, right? And that's all about the tone, right? Because there's, there are people who let the world walk all over them, Mm -hmm. right? And they don't say anything, surfing or otherwise. Yeah. And then they build this kind of resentment. Yeah. You know, because they feel like their, their voice isn't being heard and there's an injustice happening. Yeah. And then there's the opposite end of it where people blow up, blow up at the person because they made their coffee wrong. Yeah. Right? And that's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. So how do you, yeah. how, like, how do you maintain your voice, be powerful and also, um, come at it with a kind of positivity? Yeah. I think that that's something that, that everyone's still willing to yeah. learn. But yeah, I would, I think that your booth idea would be great. You could, uh, you could set up like, like a sign. It'd be like, um, I don't know, you know, like Whitewater Rapid Guide, you know. Like, Etiquette information right. for a steamer lane or something like that and just like, uh, just do it like a positive thing. It'd be kind of kind of cool. Yeah. See how people reacted to it. Okay, when you go off the point, yeah, see how the people are sitting out there. You don't just jump off the point and catch the first wave. Right. That's, you know, you go and kind of. Right. Well, it's uh, across all activities, awareness of environment is us a, um, signal of um being adept at that activity right like for if you i don't know i don't know if you like ever went duck hunting or something like that but if someone took you duck hunting they would probably say okay you know don't point the gun this way yeah or you know you're not going to get the first shot off here uh you got to be quiet and these are all things that you may not know going into it and would probably really appreciate that information right yeah, yeah. um what uh what parts of your surfing are you working on most right now uh I, it's just been really fun shortboarding and like um i like to go fast as much as i can and, and keep the speed you know and just being fluid you know that's what feels good right now just being real fluid with things trying to be um you know barrels are a big part of of my, you know, my life, you know, so I always hunt barrel hunting, you know, but just, just, uh, having fun with it, you know, and not, there's no pressure anymore with surfing for me. Cause it's like before, like I had to like perform and I had to get photos and I had to do this and this and that. And like, now it's just like, okay, well, I'm just go get a couple ways and have, you know, have fun. And, and I think having that mindset before you actually go in the water helps tons because, you know, running out there going, oh, I'm so psyched. Ah, and then all of a sudden it's a big lull and you're like, Oh my God, I'm psyched. You know, like you just got to go out there with like, God, I got to like two hours and I'm, I'm just going to have fun. You know what I mean? Just get a couple waves. Right. You know what I mean? So I think like trying to mellow myself down before I go surfing and just kind of like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go have fun. Put that in my head before I'm on the, in the water. Um, it's been helping a lot. It's almost like, um, you know, it's almost like uh, yoga or something, you know, you're just kind of, okay, getting your mind in, a, in the right way, you know? Right. What do you do to uh, still get your adrenaline going? Because I know that you don't, I mean, you don't surf Mavericks anymore, right. but you still, I'm sure, have that part of yourself. No, I definitely, like, I definitely try to, um, you know, find heavy waves, you know, around Santa Cruz and just, like, different kind of waves and stuff like that, but you know the adrenaline i don't need it as much these days you know what i mean because i i feel like i have what i i I want in life with my family and and that's the big part of my life so um i'm not really adrenaline junkie too much i don't need the you know to uh take off on a 25 foot wave and make it to like be okay you know what i mean like now it's just like 
I just want to see my family happy, you know, being able to exercise for myself, um, eating good food, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah. but, but definitely surfing weird waves when they come in wintertime and stuff like that in, um, you know, bigger waves around Santa Cruz and stuff like that. It's been fun. Yeah. I, um, I think that, like, you have a, had a really interesting way of, um, of leaving Mavericks. Like, you see a lot of people who kind of, uh, slowly stop surfing big waves that kind of and kind of like kicking and screaming like the bit of like an identity crisis like don't know what they're doing and and then it just doesn't seem like they're choosing the next step wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. whereas with you and i could be wrong about this um you made the decision okay i did mavericks yeah did it better than just about anyone and now I'm looking forward was is that an accurate way to to and that brings us right back to what we were saying you know what I mean when I decided to do something you know what I mean when I decided to get sober when I started decided to take Mavericks full on like I just felt like I was done with it you know and um I felt like uh, you know I I wanted to go a different direction and I needed to you know because of work and and family and not being able to support myself surfing anymore um, that helped for sure. It's just like being completely cut off from all my sponsors. Like that was like, I can't do this, you know, on my own right now, you know? So that had something to do with it, but just like, um, just going, I want to do, I need to do something different now, you know what I mean? And this is what I want to focus on this family and, um, work and trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to make it in life. Cause it was hard in the beginning. So, um, I think it had a lot to do with it. And I felt like i I felt like I had a really good relationship with Mavericks, you know, like I felt like she was my, my buddy, you know what I mean? And like, um, ending it on that note was, was nice instead of just like ending it on, like trying to keep up with the, the youth out there, you know what I mean? And, and the people that were hungry, like, I didn't want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? I felt like I, I reached my goals about Mavericks. So I was just like, I was fulfilled and happy with, with leaving, you know? And, um, it's not a, my neck hurts sometimes and stuff like that from, you know, the Eddie I cow and, and Mavericks and just eating and on big waves. Like I'm, I want to take care of myself now and just like go into my, you know, rest, the rest of my life feeling as good as I can to be able to surf and enjoy life. You know, was there a morning that you woke up and decided, all right, I'm done. Do you remember if there was a moment? No, I think I was like second guessing myself a couple of times. Like I know at the Eddie Icao, uh, and I think it was 2009, I was like second guessing myself. And then it, at the Mavericks, I, I could have went on a couple on 2010. Like I was like, you know, that was and a then, big, big yeah, contest. The, the big day. contest. And I was just like, you know, I, I'm just like, I don't want it as much as I wanted it before. You know what I mean? So like, that was just it. I mean, it makes it, you make it seem so easy because there's the whole, but it's the same as like, you know, you look back on on the past generations, you know, Richard Schmidt was pretty, he did that pretty well too. He kind of just stopped doing it. And, and I have a lot of respect for Rich, you know, so I was definitely looking at how he exited the plan and, and like, I kind of drew from him as well, you know? Right. Yeah. I wonder also, we've, we've talked about social media and, um, how, you know, I think that what social media does to people is it it amplifies 
the part of yourself that you want to be perceived. Yeah. So if you're a big wave surfer and you're constantly posting about big wave surfing on social media, yeah. and then all of a sudden you realize that you don't want it as badly as you once did, it can feel like you're letting all of your followers down yeah. in a way that I think um, can be destructive because it keeps people kind of encapsulated in this past version of themselves hmm. without being able to let it go and move forward onto the next thing. Yeah, it's it's like this image crisis deal, you know what I mean? And uh yeah, it's like they they can't move away from that, you know? It's it's you know, you got your skin dogs, you know, he's finally kind of going I want to snowboard and have fun doing this now, you know, and it took him a while to like break away from that, you know? But I I don't think there's any question um that the people that do step away have a problem with surfing. And, and if they wanted to, they could go out to Mavericks and catch waves. You know what I mean? I, I know that it's not my surfing that is going to limit me out there, you know, compared to the different different skill sets of other people that are surfing out there. Like, that's not a problem, I don't think. It's just the mindset of, like, not wanting it as much and, like, just being okay with stepping away, you know. And um, it's cool to learn different things in life, you know what I mean, and, like, give yourself to something else. You know, like we we're so set in our ways and this is what I'm going to be. This is what I am. Like it limits us from seeing the world in different things. You know what I mean? And um, that's exciting for me, you know, enjoying the Sierras and all these cool things that you can enjoy and not like feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm missing Mavericks, but I'm here snowboarding. You know what I mean? Like so it's it's cool. It's like there's so many other things to see out there. So. And be a beginner again. Yeah, it's cool. And just be willing to, like, try different new things and, like, wow, this is fun. This is cool. You yeah, never I thought suck I again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then having that, you know, thirst to, like, get better, you know, at something else, you know. And I think that has a lot to, to do with probably what I'm doing in, in recovery is learning something that I never thought I would be doing, you know what I mean, and learning how it's helping other people and stuff like that. And you really have to give wholeheartedly your life to that you know right so yeah i um i like that man the giving yourself to something bigger mm -hmm. whatever that is whether it's whether it's big wave surfing whether it's rehab um whatever that is to to truly go in um and one thing that i've been self-conscious about in my life is that I have a bunch of different things that I'm doing mm -hmm. and and sometimes I have this this identity crisis where I'm like but what am what am I like really giving myself to and that's right. that's one thing that I've always um really respected about people um you know who become firefighters people who go into the military people who it's there's this element of truly giving yourself yeah. to that thing yeah um, that I think can be really satisfying in the human experience because you don't live forever and like your the way that you reflect on having surfed Mavericks and that time in your life mm -hmm. um, it, it comes across like you don't have any regret about it because you did it yeah um, do you know who Henry Rollins is yeah Henry Rollins talks about that um, when he was touring with Black Flag um, he was on a podcast and and the guy asked him, you know, do you still do you miss it? Like, do you feel it? And he's like, no, I don't because I did it. Yeah. Like, I fucking did it. Yeah. And now I'm doing this new thing and I'm doing it, which is uh, that's something that I aspire to. Yeah. 
no it's 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 true it's great you know what i mean just totally focusing on that you know and being done with it um you know and 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 i tell you right now like what i get from seeing someone completely broken and nothing in life and their family is pissed off at them and all this stuff and then all of a sudden helping them to get to where they're stepping back into their family and they're going to christmas parties and they're like got a job and they're doing their exercise and they're like turn into us it's weird it's like this looking at a weed in summer and it's just like dead thirsty you know what i mean and all of a sudden winter time comes and they're just boom it's green again it's moving like that's the same way with with what i'm doing in rehab is like being able to help those kind of people like and see them actually start succeeding in life it's it gives me the joy that mavericks used to give me you know when i would kill it or whatever take take 10 waves and pull them all or whatever like it would make me feel like oh my god yeah i got it you know what i mean like and seeing that now for me is kind of like that you know what i mean like seeing someone succeed and know that you're actually doing a difference and helping someone yeah and helping a community as well you know what i mean and i feel like the you know growing up and being a pro surfer and yelling at people at the lane all day long it i wasn't helping the community you know i was basically just being an asshole and um so now it feels good to actually help be helping santa cruz and trying to make this this place a better place you yeah know? and you're you're getting right so. to the root of it man i mean the the meth and heroin epidemic that we have here which then con- translates into the homeless epidemic is i mean i would argue the central issue that we're facing in this community yeah and very few people have any idea how to deal with it yeah like i don't you know i go walk downtown and i see a bunch of people who are who are struggling and i'm like i don't no I know. I'll, I'll look it's... you in the eye and you know if, i may not be able to give you money but i'll look you in the eye and say i'm sorry you're having a rough time i think that that's it's it's weird to me how easy it is to other people yeah like the, i i read a stat recently in um uh cnbc that said that um 60 of americans have less than a thousand dollars saved in the bank so that um, that cross between having a home and homelessness mm-hmm. is is right there for a lot of people. Yeah. And I always think about that when I see people on the streets because yeah. life's hard, man. Like managing finances and managing everything, it it's it's difficult. Yeah. Throw a drug, a drug addiction in there. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's nearly impossible. Right. You know, I've been trying to. I you know, I was giving. I'd stop at a stoplight guy would be big and I'd give him oh, here's some change or a dollar or something like that. But, um, lately it's like, if I have any food, that's all I'll do. You know what I mean? And it's not about what type type of person they are or what drug they're into or how, if they're stealing or anything like that, it's basically just like here, have an apple and like making them have a little bit better day. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, and not thinking about all the shit that they're doing cause it's probably not positive. But it, at least they feel better, you know what I mean? Like, they, there is some human kindness because they probably get a lot of shit throughout the day. Yeah. You know, people flipping them off, get a job, people being dickheads to them, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it's just nice to be able to can if you can, you know what I mean, here right. and there. But it's it's such an epidemic. I think the, the meth problem and the heroin problem in Santa Cruz is a lot bigger than anyone thinks. Um, and that's evident, you know, with... You know, you see people at the park in the morning, like looking at all their stuff that they 
basically stole from our community, checking handles every night. They go around our streets and they check handles and see if they're unlocked. If they are, they grab whatever they can. Um, and, and that happens everywhere in Santa Cruz. I mean, that's their night owls, you know, and um, I don't know the solution to all this. You know, it's it's getting people sober. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, if, I think if, that that's one of the one of the as you said, like it's very difficult to manage your life with a drug addiction. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's got to be free, you know, for a lot of those people that are roaming the streets. And, um, you know, it's been cool seeing Janice of Santa Cruz help so many people. What is um, that? Janice is a recovery center in Santa Cruz here, and it's on uh, 7th Avenue. And they do help people for free, you know what I mean, as long as they call in and get, you know, put the right foot forward and, you know, try to do that, you know. So um, we just, we would, God, if we had a couple more of those places, you know. But um, with, with the job rate around here and, like, there's not too many jobs for felons and stuff like that, it's just, it's just snowballing. Right. So do you uh have you heard um about uh Iboga? No. You ever heard of, so Iboga is uh, my dad is is making a documentary about this right now. Iboga is uh an African psychedelic that is highly effective at getting people off of opioid uh addictions. And it sounds like a horrible experience. It's not a drug that you would want to do recreationally. It's mm-hmm. um a two day long trip. And apparently it feels like you are in an IMAX theater watching a movie of your life going through every bad thing you have ever done. Right. And by the end of the experience, you get the message that you really don't want to be the person that you once were. Hmm. Similarly to what you were talking about earlier, that like you got to you got to psychologically get it. Yeah. And um, it is Iboga is is still it's considered a schedule one drug in the u.s which is silly but there are uh clinics in mexico and in other countries that people are going to and um man the stories that are coming out about this is it's really exciting i always encourage people to aboga aboga yeah it's an it's an african psychedelic root um and People don't know how it works because they'll go to an aboga clinic, full-blown heroin addicts, and they'll do um, an aboga uh, trip, and there are no withdrawal sy- symptoms. And my dad's making this doc where he's like, Dude, I'm meeting people, like kids who are heroin, full-blown heroin uh, addicts. I'll interview them, mm-hmm. and they're lost souls. And then they go, and they, they go to an aboga clinic, and they come back and they're different people, Wow. which is, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never tried it, but I do think that, um, any solutions that we can figure out, um, are, are, are has worthy. Your dad, has your dad tried it? No, he never tried it. No. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Just to see kind of where they're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's, um, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? Yeah. So it's, I, it's similar to ayahuasca, except they, like a lot of the shaman call ayahuasca the grandmother because it's kind of this softer experience. Very, uh, very okay. Whereas iboga is like the grandfather, like it beats you down with a stick. Right. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, I, it's uh, really sad to me to see how just in the past few years the pharmaceutical companies, specifically Purdue Pharma, uh, created oxycotton 
which then, got, I mean, all my friends who got addicted to heroin started from Oxy. Right, yeah. And then the, their prescriptions ran out, and then they moved to heroin. But just to see how that gateway starts and to see that it, it starts from, many times, from a pharmaceutical company, from a legal drug, which then takes their life away. Yeah. When Then on the flip side of it, you have a, a non-addictive psychedelic like a boga that is illegal, and you can go to jail for using it. Yeah, wow. shit's backwards, Flea. Yeah, I know. Backwards. Let's solve this problem. <laughs> it's it's crazy, you know. And then there's the whole, the whole marijuana thing. It's oh, it's medicine. It's it's a drug, you know. I you know, it's a medicine. If 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 you're using it as for cancer or something like that, I could see that. Do you but think it, that it should be illegal? No, I think it's a. I mean, I think it's a recreational drug, you know, for people. But I definitely think it's a drug, right. you know. And and I think. Uh, people that say it's oh it's medicine i'm opening a medicine shop and this and that it's just like okay come on (laughs) you know but you know it's a recreational thing it's like an alcohol thing i think people can um decide if they want to use it or not you know it's a choice but um yeah it's just funny how the whole talk of it is you know to me right um but Do, do you think that uh drugs should be illegal or any drugs should be illegal? You know, I don't know. I don't even really have a thought about that. You know, it's like uh, I don't know what it, I don't know it, what it would do. I know what it does now. You know, so I mean, make make meth legal. Make there's a drug shop over there and see what happens. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that would just spin out of control or not. Right. Yeah. It seems that the the issue that we're facing right now is that you know as you said tax it yeah tax it well the issue you said right now is that people will they'll get addicted to drugs they'll go to jail and then they can't get back into society there's just this ceiling if you're a felon where you can't it's it becomes very difficult to turn your life around and subsequently we fund the uh drug war in mexico as a result of making certain drugs illegal here so um, I think that that's interesting to look at. And there are other countries like uh, Portugal and Brazil that, where they make all drugs legal. And um, it seems to be working, but then again, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't, it'd be a wild experiment. Yeah, well, I mean, it would definitely cut down on the quality of the drug. You know what I mean? Like it would be right. produced the same way. Right. So it would be clean. You know, it would be pretty clean. Yeah, it would, because it would be regulated. It'd be regulated. It wouldn't be so many backyard boogies going on, and you just don't know what you're smoking. Right. So, I mean, I could see that being better. Um, yeah. Who knows? Know. Who knows? See what happens. Um, moving forward, man. Uh, seems like you're so you're giving yourself to the, the beacon, and you're giving yourself to being a dad. What's that like? Uh, it's been really fun. Being a parent is probably the most challenging thing you'll ever do. You know, and just being able to stay calm is so key in every situation. And, and we're not we don't stay calm because it's so crazy sometimes. But um, learning how to do that, it's been it's been fun, you know, and kind of helping these little kids kind of mold themselves into good humans is is like a little experiment in its in itself. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's been really epic. You know, and seeing them like do the cool things, gymnastics, surfing, boogie boarding, singing, um, music and all those. It's just really rewarding, you know. Right. 
and, and then you see your qualities come out in them. Like, yeah, that's from me. That's my quality right there. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, it's cool. It's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a fun thing and you have to have it, you know, that's a, another thing with Mavericks. Like it's dangerous out there. You know, I want to be a, right here with my kids for until I can, until I die. Right. You know, and that's, I don't want to cheat myself or, you know, put myself in any less risk, the better for me. But, um, it's been really fun, you know, you know, making little humans out of them and, and good people. Is it true that you did gymnastics when you were a kid? I did. I did gymnastics for a couple of years. Yeah, it helped a lot. Barney actually did it for multiple years. And, like, Barney would fall off a bike and he would just roll. He'd just roll right out of it. I'd fall off a bike, you know, drag my knees and whatever. I would get hurt, you know. So seeing that, we were like, oh, well, we need to do gymnastics too kind of like lit a little fire so we did it you know and it definitely helps yeah barney had a very kind of uh gymnast style of surfing too yeah yeah he would he was going all over the place walking downstairs and just like on his hands like he was pretty talented um you know so you guys did gymnastics together growing uh, up? I, I, we might have done it for two years together um yeah i'm not sure exactly yeah, I think it was two years. Yeah, it was super fun over at Branch of Forty, junior high or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I think it helped a lot. Yeah, you know, it pro so. probably helped with medical bills later on. Learning how to roll yeah, out of stuff. Yeah, I know. So I'm trying to get the, my daughters to do that. They love it, you know. So they're doing it too. So right on, man. Well, um, any last words? Thank you for taking the time. No, it, it's been fun. Uh, just. You know, take a look at yourself. <laughs> right. Make sure you're, you know, you're doing what you want to be doing. And, uh, you know. You have a fundraiser coming up. I do. Yeah, I do. This Saturday, October 20th. Um, and you could, if you want to come join, it's a it's 100 bucks, And um, you can buy a ticket online at fleahab.net or .org, excuse me, fleahab.org. And uh, come support. We're going to have a silent auction. A beautiful dinner over there at the Seymour Center on Natural Bridges. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, this Saturday. Thank you. Thank have you. A good, have a good day. That's our show. I'm going to play you out with a song called Mermaid Legs by the Getaway Dogs. They're a local Santa Cruz band, and I will link to their band page in the show notes below. The Motherfucker Awards, December 4th. Get your tickets now before it sells out. I made a link below this episode you can also go to themotherfuckerawards.com and if you want to get in touch with me instagram is a good place to do that and my website kyle.surf until next time i bid you farewell if you can donate a few bucks to this podcast i rely on people like you to keep it ad free you can click the link below this podcast where i wrote buy me a cup of coffee and if you can't don't worry about it just give it a rating on itunes share it with a friend and continue to enjoy your lives because aren't we lucky we get to listen to podcasts wherever we are and connect with good people and probably be close to some body of water and that's something that is uh worthwhile to appreciate so with that i bring you mermaid legs by the getaway dogs
Stepped on crap. 